0: I'm a black here on night two of CMJ. I'm here in Union Square Park. I'm here with Scott Lucas. How are you doing, man? Really good. How are you? I'm really well, man. I'm glad to see you here in New York City. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad to see you. I, I, I hope you're careful. This town's going to eat you alive.
0: I know. I'm being careful. <laughs> uh, you're here. You're going to be doing a show later tonight. You're doing a couple shows this week, right?
1: Yeah, we're playing tomorrow in Brooklyn and then playing tonight. Right in front of us.
0: Yeah, Union Square Ballroom. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you've had, I've talked to you recently, a couple months ago, but you, being as busy as you are, you've already had a ton of stuff happen since that time, so let's kind of like go through it. You had the new record, Hallelujah, I'm a Bomb, come out recently, I want to say yeah, September, correct? September 18th. Yeah, and that was a record, I was looking back on my website and I was looking at like, you know, kind of the evolution of us talking about that record, and I think you first brought that up way back in like January 2011. Like, how far back does this record kind of stretch? You know,
1: it almost stretches back to the last song on uh, 12 Angry Months. So I mean, the, the, that song's this entire concept record about a breakup and very personal. And the last song is a song called "Hand to Mouth," and it's basically about how all these things kind of you know, this breakup it seems so huge kind of becomes small and petty when you sort of, you know, measure it up against the rest of the world and what's going on there. So in a way that last song sort of a bridge to this record, um, sort of the idea that, you know, if if you didn't have any money and you didn't have any food and you didn't have a home, the last thing on your mind would be, right. you know, <laughs> w- you know, w- who your girlfriend was dating. Right, you know? right, your wounded pride and, like, <laughs> exactly. So I sort of, like, left that as sort of a bridge to this record and started thinking about this record right away. And, I mean, the first song was basically sort of about, you know, like, the idea of a new depression. And that's when we were looking at the possibility of a new depression. And, yeah. and Banks failing and things like that so right from that point the record had been gestating and and i write songs and it was almost like the process of the last four years was the, the writing process of
0: this record i mean that's crazy to really think that the concepts because i mean really it's i don't know if you would call this record a straight up a concept record but that the underlying themes between the two records have almost an, kind of a connecting uh you know ending and beginning that's pretty surprising
1: well, it's it's there, and, yeah. and 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 it's also like by by the time you get to the end of that record, you're like, I've had enough. I've had enough of your wallowing. Let's, let's <laughs> talk about something else. And so, in the process of making that record, you start to feel that way as well. You're like, all right, you know what? Let, let's look around at what's going on in the rest of the world, the rest of the country, the rest of the town, your neighborhood that you live in. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the idea of putting all that together and making, you know politics on this world stage as personal as possible because what could be more personal than people you don't know making decisions about your life you know they're like hey it's just politics it's like no it's our lives here
0: or seeing it affect people who you do know seeing people you know in your neighborhood in your community in your city who are affected by the bad economy by the banks by the housing by all that kind of stuff exactly
1: and so the new record is just sort of a Uh, an attempt to empathize with other people and uh, an attempt to sort of come to terms with the fact that, you know, none of us are the center of the universe, you know, I mean, there's lots of people and everyone has their own deal, you know, and it's important to sort of
0: just, just again, empathize with people, that's it. Well, you know, listening to this record and and looking at the the themes and and really, like, digging into it, there's definitely some political content Mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know if I ever would have labeled Local H as much of a political band prior to this. Like, was there any hesitation on your part where you thought, okay, now we're kind of entering territory we haven't really ventured into before, and were you worried about kind of, like, what would come with that? I mean, that would be the main reason to do
1: something like that if you haven't done it before. But I think there's been slivers of it before in in past Local H records. I mean, even a song like Bound for the Floor, the idea of being stuck in your social strata, I mean, to me, that's a political and social idea. So those themes have always been in our music and the idea that you're sort of born into something and you can't get out of it. To me, that's that's part of what the political problem is in this country. Yeah. And, and so it wasn't that much of a leap. It's just that this time we wanted to make it explicit because, you know, to have... Your head in the sand and not talk about it just seem silly to yeah. me and c- kind of irresponsible
0: yeah i mean you can't really put out like dashboard confessional records and shit like that when all these things are happening and it's very very real well
1: i mean that's a question i mean where, where are all the bands where are all the young pissed off bands you know yeah. i mean of course they're there you know but I, I think we should be seeing more and i think it's it's sad that the only one that most people can think of is Green Day, you know? I mean, we we should have more.
0: Yeah, you know? or like Rage Against the Machine, and they haven't even been active, more or less, on any real level in, like, a decade.
1: Right. No, No, they haven't, and it's uh, it's not right, you know? I mean, so, I mean, but uh, I don't know. I mean, there's this idea that you're not supposed to talk about it, but I don't agree with that. And, um, and you know, for me, it was just sort of like... Tuning into what was going on—that's all it was.
0: How has the response been from having you know all of these themes and, and all this kind of discussion front and center, and like you said, so explicit? Have people been, you know, uh, like in favor of it? Have you encountered people who are kind of turned off by it, or what has been kind of the reaction? I mean,
1: it depends on how people feel about it. You know, I mean, there are some people that are turned off about it, um, but you know, yeah. I'm, why did? You know what? Did you, why did I get into music? Did I get into music to please everybody all the time? Because if I did, I've, I've been doing I've been doing it wrong all <laughs> these years. So it, it's just kind of like you can't think about that. You just yeah. have to think about what's important to you, and 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 what you're interested in. I don't want to say as an artist, but you know, just as a songwriter.
0: Sure.
1: And and then I mean to try to sort of like dumb down a message, or to make try to figure out what makes things universal. I don't think that works. I think you have to, like, really go deep inside yourself and find out what you think is important. And then if someone agrees with that and wants to, you know, salute that flag, then they'll do it. If they don't, there's really nothing you could have done about it in the first place.
0: Yeah. Well, something else that's really present on the record on um, Hallelujah, I'm a Bomb is the sound of the city, sound of Chicago, you know, and that is present throughout you know in sound effects and the lyrics and everything like that um what was kind of the thinking in making you know chicago the neighborhoods the sound and feel and spirit of the city a part of this record
1: well one of the ideas was that I, i wanted to take this idea of this sort of politics as a subject matter that's usually you know abstract and big and most people don't feel like they understand it so they don't want to talk about it you know you're not supposed to talk about it at the dinner table or at bars or you know at family get-togethers I want but I wanted to like sort of like make that big stuff small and personal and and I wanted to talk about you know I mean and, and that what you're hearing is just the sound of my neighborhood that's what I hear every day so I wanted to sort of sort of just be as specific as possible in, in a place I wanted to give the record a sense of place and a sense of time, and and then get into the specifics about it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it, I think it really captures that, and it does make it more real and, like you said, personal when you have these kind of, you know, identifying very specific elements in it versus just kind of painting in the broadest strokes. I mean, you
1: know. A friend of mine was just like, he was like, you should make a you know Chicago record. And I was like, I think I have made a Chicago record. It's like, no, a real Chicago record, like one that can't be mistaken for any other city. And I
0: think maybe that kind of got into my head and might have triggered something. I mean, I think that this one is pretty Chicago-specific while still really working on some universal themes as well. Well, sure.
1: And so, I mean, that's kind of the idea. So, like, you, you take the train. And then you've got the blue line, so you've got blue and you've got red line, and then you take those colors, and then you've got, got you know blue states and red states, and then you know you just ha- have all these different ideas. So like one disc is the blue disc, and you know it has these themes of cold on it, and the, and the red disc has a lot more themes of hot, and that's like the summer disc, and then the first one is the winter disc, and so it, you start to like layer these things on top of it and then you layer on top of that dogs and homeless and and just try to sort of make it all work and and weave it together and kind of create this small little community of songs and themes and ideas.
0: Yeah well something else I've been seeing a lot of this year you know it's nothing new that you're doing Local age and Scott Lucas and the Married Men but maybe it's just me it feels like at this point in time this year you're doing the two projects closer together than ever or even side by side more than ever you know kind of living in both of those worlds and is that something that you know is it difficult to kind of move back and forth between those two different versions of yourself and your work or is it nice because then you kind of have like you do the rock stuff for a little bit then you get a break and you do the other side
1: Yeah, I mean, that's nice. I mean, I I think it's harder to, like, sort of explain what the difference is rather than just actually do it, you know? Um, To, like, sort of make people understand what the song selection process is. Because to me, inside my head, it makes sense. But I really don't know how to sort of articulate that. Um, I mean, this just kind of, like was making this record and we were kind of waiting on a producer and and so there was this waiting and then during that period I just got frustrated and I said fuck it I'm just going to make a, another Married Men record and we'd been working on stuff and we had enough stuff and just, just did it in that hole and then as soon as that was done that's when we got to go ahead to make the Local H record so it was kind of like Argh. I didn't want them to be so close <laughs> together but it just worked out that way.
0: Yeah but it's kind of cool because you have so much going out and it really Kind of appeals to, I mean, obviously there's an audience that's just Scott Lucas fans. It's going to love both sides. But then also you are kind of like moving between the worlds and and you're keeping almost both sides, you know, not like satisfied, like you're working for them. But, um, you know, everybody's happy. Everybody's got constant content and shows and and stuff like that. Right. Well,
1: I mean, I I don't think, you know, I, I don't think either of the records are lacking. So I feel like I'm sort of firing on all cylinders here. And and I don't know if I can continue to do that, but it just worked out at this point that I was able to do that.
0: Well, you know, kind of along the same lines, you've been, like, opening for yourself, it looks like, on some recent shows, or I know you're going to be doing that later on in the year on some dates. Like, what is that kind of experience like where you're up there, I assume, like, with an acoustic before being in the full band thing?
1: Um, it's good. I mean, you know, the, the acoustic stuff is... It, it works out really well. I mean, it's really satisfying. And then, you know, I take a little break and I go out and, you know, play very loudly. And yeah. so, I, you know, I get to satisfy both sides. And I think that's important. I mean, I just don't feel like... I mean, you know, there are some people that are like, uh, you know, Beatles or Stones or, you know, or chocolate or vanilla, red state or blue.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like I have to decide, you know, let's just do both. Yeah. Um, Something else I saw that I thought was really, really interesting, uh, the new Married Man video just debuted at the Music Box of Horrors Film Fest. How did that kind of come together where you had, like, one of your videos play up on a big screen?
1: Yeah, I'm really pissed off about that. I, I, uh, they do that, uh, it used to be called the the Massacre, and, Mm -hmm. and they do it every Halloween, and me and uh, the married men's guitar player, Pete, we, we usually go. And we've been going for the past three or four years. And we make it through, we at least make it until the, you know noon the next day. It, and we have a whole regimen that we do. And, and so this year, as it turns out, I was going to be on tour. And so that sucked, I was going to miss it. And then, as it turned out, they were going to show this video That we'd made for uh, Ain't No Grave, where we took uh, scenes from an old Carl Dreyer movie, Vampire. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's just more salt in the wounds. Mm -hmm. I was going to miss it. And then also, you know, I could have been there to realize a little mini dream of mine. And then, you know, I just wasn't there.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, man. Um, Well, kind of hopefully something more pleasant, like, you know, I know at the end of the year you've always got some kind of cool New Year's Eve thing in Chicago almost every year that I can remember. Yeah. Is that still going to continue on this year? Kind of like what else is on deck for the yeah. rest of the year for you?
1: We've got uh, a New Year's show, possibly two New Year's shows for Local H. Uh, we've got that Christmas show for the Married Men. Um, we've got more dates in December for Local age, some dates in November for Married Men. And then uh, we'll figure out what happens next
0: nice man well final question I gotta ask since we are here in New York City for CMJ when you're out here I'm wondering with Local H do you ever do California songs yeah. and throw in the fuck New York too part yeah I don't even have to do it they do it themselves nice so I mean yeah I mean
1: and we'll, and we'll play it tonight yeah absolutely it, it, it works I mean if you can't make fun of yourself what, what good are you
0: yeah No, absolutely, man. Uh, Scott Lucas, always great to catch up with you. Awesome to see you out here in New York City, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, dude. Have fun.